Listen, I, I, I ain't mad. I'm not mad at the quote. I ain't mad. <laughs> I ain't you mad, I ain't bro? Mad. I ain't mad at the quote because because it does. That's it, what Jesus said. I ain't mad. <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm out. I got nothing after that. <laughs> I, got, I got nothing after that. You win. <laughs> you win. He's in there, Brian. Gonna have, Brian's going to have beer coming out his nose. Wow, I almost, <laughs> almost hit the screen there. Uh, we got to have a meme like that. Welcome to episode 230 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. On today's episode, the Reverends Shannon Weston, Ogan Holder, and yours truly, Brian Burkoff, address and engage what's happening through a theological lens with a good brew in hand. And whether you're a longtime listener or new to the show, that brew might be in one of these fine Pub Theology Life pint glasses. If you're watching our broadcast on Facebook, uh, you'll you'll see what it looks like. You can get one of these while supplies last by becoming a patron. Starting at $7 a month, you get access to pre and post show banter and you help support the work that we do. So sign up at patreon.com slash PT Live. And as always, thank you to our current patrons. This week, we'll be discussing threats to the planet, creation care, discernment, and resurrection. So what are we drinking today, fellas? Brian, since it just snowed for you, I, I feel like we need to start with you. You need to drink uh-huh. first. Yeah, I do need a drink. <laughs> you are correct. I am going with uh, good old standby founders, Centennial IPA brewed right here in West Michigan. Nice. Ogan, what are you having today? Um, It's not snowing, but the weather is still crappy over here. It feels like a good stout day. So I got uh, from Flying Dog uh, cookies, cookies and cream milk stout. Uh, It's called the cream team. Mm. Um, And it's, uh, yeah, not a great name. Not a great name. (laughs) They did did not run that through the entire PR department or something. Were there no women in that room? Seriously, <laughs> seriously, not a great name. I debated whether to say it out loud. That's why I started with the cookies and cream. But right. Like, yeah, whatever. And it's a uh, nine and a half percenter. So uh, going, going strong today. Well, I feel like we always say that whatever happens to be in your glass, a fine wine. And there hasn't been a lot of wine since Tina left the show. So I'm going oh. with wine today. Um, I am drinking an A to Z Oregon Riesling. Partly because I think the bottle is very pretty. It is. I love Riesling. Oh, and I do love Riesling. It's nice. It's nice and medium. It's not too sweet, not too dry. And it's a 12% alcohol, Ogan. So, you know, bottoms up. You win. Knock yourself out. Or we all lose. We can find out. No, I'm going to have wine. Then I'm going to go get a facial. It's going to be great. Yeah, I don't think we can lose if Shannon drinks too much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, very few have. On to today's topics. Speaking of drinking too much, what is the dumbest way you've ever been injured? Um, just walking into stuff. Like, 
and and stuff that's not even like hidden like you know like that was exactly like, my thought too was like just bumping into shit oh you yeah. know what i once bumped into a door frame and like split my nose open wow. like just because i walked into it like yeah just, yeah i've like, i've i've walked into things and hit my head and concussed myself i have <laughs> i have yeah yeah it's it's been bad have you ever walked into a sliding glass door that was shut? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've all done that. Yeah. I've even walked through a screen door. <laughs> oh, no. Done, done that, too. Done that, too. Took it right. Walked right through it. <laughs> no big deal. Done, done, done that, too. Um, you know what? I When I read this question, I thought every time I get a paper cut, I feel this. I feel like that is one of the dumbest ways to hurt. And it hurts so bad. But, like, it's the dumbest thing ever you're like it's paper <laughs> i work it paper sh- all the time it, it shouldn't hurt have you have you guys watched the movie um everything everywhere all at once i think it's the name of it Mm-mm. um it's a um it's it's a great movie it's sort of like a whole multiverse sort of approach um it's it's an um asian actors uh, michelle yo um, the martial arts, um, amazing actress that she is. Um, it's a great movie, but one of one of the premises is that you you know we we're existing in multiple universes, have multiple skill sets, and you can you can pull you can pull the talents and skill sets of your alternative selves from different multiverses but you have to do some really weird things in order to access it and and in one scene the dude's got to give himself like four paper cuts in order to pull a skill set that he needed in the moment (laughs) and you just see him trying to slice between his fingers with sheets of paper to give himself paper cuts (laughs) ouch (sighs) it was a whole thing but i highly recommend it it remind me the title um, I think it's everything, everywhere, all at once. I'm gonna okay, look it up okay, now. Yeah. Yes, everything, everywhere, all at once. Nice. Highly nice. recommend it. So, speaking of paper cuts, you know the backside of like um, an AC, an air conditioning unit, like a window unit where it's like metal serrated. I was helping my son carry ours down uh, this fall, and I, we were setting it down, and I shifted my grip, put my finger right into one of those things all the weight of that heavy thing into this finger and it just gutted it. And I was like, "Ah!" I was screaming so loud and it was bleeding so much. Oh, I was not pleased with myself. It's like, you know, that's back there, but it just in the moment of like setting it down, I just lost my concentration. Yeah. I mean, I've certainly injured myself. Like I've tried to move something by myself that was way too heavy and way too ridiculous and like hurt my back and stuff like that. But I don't know, like I've actually been knock on wood, like I've never broken anything. I've never, you know, like I didn't, yeah, I don't have anything like that, but I'm sure there's some, like, I've got a bunch of scars from stuff, but it's all pretty normal. Like I tripped and took a chunk out of my knee, you know, as a kid or a mere flesh wound. Right. It's no big deal. My sister did stab me with a pair of scissors once, like right near the heart, but that wasn't oh, really, wow. you know, we were fighting over a pair of scissors. Like that's normal. It's totally normal. <laughs> I grew up in the eighties. That was totally normal. There exactly. you go. I, I may have shared before, but I did, I haven't broken any uh, normal bones, but I broke a vertebrae in my back uh, in high school, jumping off a folding chair in the driveway to dunk the basketball 
and the chair folding chair slid out and I went horizontal, landed right on my tailbone. Oh, son of a, that's gonna leave a mark. On the concrete driveway and uh, broke, my, broke my back. Let's go back to the normal bones part. Um, you want to? I don't understand what you mean. You never broke any normal bones. Well, I mean, I like, an I, arm. like kids break, break an arm or a leg, you know, break their, sprain uh, their okay. wrist. Or you don't think of breaking your back as like a breaking a bone injury, break your ankle. All so, right. I, I did. Wait, wait, here's my so okay, here's one. So, and then it, we can be <laughs> the dumbest way. Um, <laughs> I was in marching band in high school, and my sister, I played clarinet and she played flute, but in the marching band, she played drum. And it was like her senior year. So she had a snare drum and she put me in a headlock with her drum harness on and turned and like smacked my face right into the edge of the drum and like chipped two of my oh. front teeth. Oh, ouch. Um, again, same sister that stabbed me with some scissors, just so you know, but nonetheless, we still talk. Sibling, <laughs> I was going to say, how's the relationship love. now and how close does she live? <laughs> she lives in Atlanta. <laughs> All right. There we go. No, it's fine. But but yeah, that was probably the like dumbest thing. Like it was just dumb. Like it was mm. just stupid. But I didn't do it. So, yeah, I don't feel like I did it. <laughs> wow. Ouch. It's all her fault. So we're good at hurting ourselves. We're good at hurting each other. We're also, turns out, good at hurting the planet. Uh, what, as we head upon Earth Day uh, coming up uh, this week, what do you perceive as the biggest threat to the future of this planet? Us. And by and by, what means? Like, like by what, all what, the means. What, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what. <laughs> So more specifically, yes, we know that because of climate change, the planet is heading towards an ecological disaster and we are taking our good sweet time to do anything about it. So, yeah, so your answer is the same as that movie titled everything, everywhere, everything all the time. everywhere, all at once. Yes, that's <laughs> we, we're we're breaking the planet. And and it's and it's it's fascinating because in 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 spite of all the other ills that befall us. Right. Um, yeah. Like this, like, all the other ills are a moot point if we don't yes. address the climate yes. change issue because, you know, yes, systemic racism is bad. Yes, all, you know, you know, sexism is bad. Poverty is bad. is bad. Poverty is bad. But if the planet is literally a scorched hellscape, <laughs> like those things, uh, first of all, those things will become that much worse. Because it's just going to amplify those things. Um, uh, the and if all human life is gone, those things won't exist. Well, yeah, exactly. And neither will we. But here's the thing. I don't think human life is going to be gone. I think human life is just going to be that much more unbearable. Yeah. We're going to suffer. Humans, for better or for worse, are stupidly resilient. Um, and, and, and we're going to make this a hellscape. And we're going to do our best to adapt to it. But all these all these systemic issues um, are are just going to get worse as a result. And to your point, if it gets too far, and yeah, we we destroy ourselves, then yeah, moot point. But but yeah, I think I think I think that's that's the big one. And it feels so helpless. Like every time I watch a documentary about you know, yes, recycle, and only about oh, I don't know, ten percent of what you throw in the recycle bin actually gets recycled. <laughs> then why am I recycling? It feels so hopeless. Yeah, but I think, you know, 
if if we want to go on that scale, it's a lot less about individual whatever, right? Like it just is. Um, not that I'm anti-recycling or electric cars or you know any of it. It just it's much more of the global. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, between it's, it's between the, the corporations, fuel. right? Between the corporations right. and the governments, like individual things are are not even scratching the surface. Right. I mean, this you know. the biggest threats are the lack of major overhauls to, um, you know, <laughs> going to space for fun and you know, like all of the things that like that carbon footprint cannot be undone. Yeah. You know, in and I just don't, what's in, like, I, I actually do spend probably more time than I should thinking about this of like, why don't we care more? I just can't quite figure that out. Like, yeah, that's what I was just thinking as Ogan was talking, like, cause I, I, I think, I, I think correct. I know why. And yet, why are we so inert or inactive? Be, on because, be, because, because we're not experiencing it now, right? We are very, for, are for, we though? Well, no, we, we're we're not right. The vast majority of us are not experiencing coast, coastal flooding. The vast majority of us are like, you know, yeah, the summers are hotter. We'll just crank up the AC some more or, you know, there's more winter storms. Yeah, we'll just stay inside and watch Netflix some more. Right. So 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 we're not we are not really because we haven't passed the tipping point yet we are not currently experiencing how bad this is going to get. And until we do, and it affects us personally in terms of our bottom line money-wise or our or daily lived experience, until it does, the vast majority of us are going to make at best minuscule changes. There are people in the world for whom this is already impacting their sure. daily life experience, but not sure. the majority of us and who can still get our packages in a day from Amazon. Right. And it is it, it is absolutely affecting already um, most vulnerable populations, particularly third world areas that don't have the ability to, you know, recover crops when, right. uh, you know, we have a school in Malawi that we work with and they had a um, they had a tropical storm come through in January and wipe out all their crops. And they have no like even if they had seed left, they're like, we don't have the manure to grow it like there's nothing we can do and so that was our food supply um right. and now and now you've got to get sh stuff shipped in and that's going to cost this and that and whatever when you know they were on the road to being independent of those kind of food sources and anyway it just but yeah it's absolutely affecting it and you're right like as americans and western or at least western culture like we just don't care and and, we and just don't care. it's been politicized as well which is not helping Right. You know, and and, you know, you remember uh, the whole when Texas froze over or say like say when hell froze over, <laughs> uh, you know, and and the the grid went down and it mm -hmm. just wasn't, you know. And after that, people were like, oh, we we sort of survived. So we're not going to do anything different. Yeah. But, I mean, one of our biggest inconveniences right now is our Caribbean's vacations get hurricaned out, you know, like. I mean, and I, I know that sounds like a joke, but like, I feel like for no, some people, no. that's the only thing they feel that they experience out of this is this yeah. minor inconvenience. Oh, yes. I had to cancel my trip because blah, blah, blah. And like, listen, yeah. I've been there. I've had to cancel a trip because of a hurricane, but like, 
it it was like, oh my I god. Was, I was on a trip during a hurricane. <laughs> you were like it was it just is one that. of those things that like mm. anyway. Yeah. So I don't so, know. So yeah, given given the severity of you know all of the above, um, what role can or should faith communities play in caring for creation, such as addressing climate change? And what are some barriers that maybe keep churches on the sidelines? Pretty lawns. That's the barrier. <laughs> You're not wrong. I'm actually pretty, not kidding. Pretty like, lawns oh. and, and the Noah story. Yep. Oh. Like. You know, because 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 the planet was flooded and God said to Noah, I'm never going to let this happen again. And here's mm. a pretty rainbow mm. as a reminder. So there's there's that kind of thinking as well. Like churches, churches and faith communities are one of the biggest landowners that there are. Like we own we as a collective own more land and we have these perfectly manicured lawns that we pour chemicals all over and everything else. How many of our churches have solar panels, right? When we have yeah. these huge roofs of these big buildings and like with us, you not only have the big roof of this, the two sides of the church, but you also have this flat building that's perfect for solar panels, right? right? Um, we could even put like a wind turbine on our property if we want it. Like, right? Like there's-, there's But those no- cause cancer. <laughs> I mean, they'll kill birds, which like, mm. <laughs> they change yeah. the weather pattern. But solar panels don't. <laughs> yeah. And also, what about like the theological barriers? Like Ogan mentioned the the flood story and sort of this idea that, well, God will never let it get that bad. And or the theology that sees the earth as not um, permanent or, you know, like this is our temporary home. We're all going to go to heaven anyway. And one day it's all going to be destroyed kind of by God. So does it matter if we do it first? Do y'all sing the doxology? Have you, like, do you, is that part of your tradition? Um, we have a, when I was Anglican way back in the day, yeah. We sing a doxology every week, but it's not the traditional doxology. So when we, during season, like special seasons, like Easter, we don't, we sing something else, but like, praise God from whom all blessings flows. Praise God, um, creatures here below. Praise God above ye, heavenly, heavenly house. No, no, no. What's the other one? What's the other one? I don't know. Anyway, That's but it's world, but it's world without end. Oh amen, yeah, world amen. without end. Glory, amen. the glory, right? Yeah. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was, um, as in, it the was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be. World without okay. end. Amen, amen. And I every week change it to word without end because <laughs> mm. I'm like the world is ending. <laughs> the, wor- wow. the world is not without end. Yeah, but the word is without end. So you know, nice. But don't you think like that, what I'm saying is that some people think, yeah, the world is going to end either by us or at God's. This is all part of the plan. This is all part of the plan. So So are you, are you kind of getting at like a rapture stops us from caring about the planet? Not so much the rapture, but, but just everything that is unfolding is part of God's plan. Right. Even the even even the the burning hellscape that we're creating. This is all part of because God's in control. Nothing happens unless God allows it. This is all part of God's plan. And it may be just leading up to the end times, part of the end times. It's interesting because like the last couple of years, I've genuinely seen some things that have disturbed me. I'm like 
climate wise, I've experienced some things that I'm like, this is, this is terrifying. Mm-hmm. And I think more than that, you know, I, it, I, I think this is the conversation of like, I probably won't see it in my lifetime, the complete change, no, we the complete won't. ramifications. Right? right. But, you know, I have children. Yeah. And if they have children, like they are certainly going to see it. Oh, I, I, absolutely. And that's, that's what I mean about the, uh, it's not affecting us, the, the, right. the people with the spending power who can really affect the change. We are not going to be the ones who affect it. What is, what is that? There's a, oh my God, I think there's like a, a Native American saying about the wise man is the one who plants the tree knowing that he will never experience the shade of it. Mm-hmm. That's our deal. Right. So this is the attitude that, that, that we have to take. And it's really hard for us right now because again, we get distracted by, you know, horrible identity politics. You know, we got, we got, we got people trying to cancel uh, uh, books in classrooms and banned books and, right. and 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 this whole fur around critical race theory and just like all this ridiculous nonsense that's going on again we, we've becoming so we've always been polarized but now it's becoming even more ridiculous and extreme and in the midst of all of that why worry about something that the vast majority of us adults are not going to experience the tipping point is what, like 10 years from now or something. And then it's going to still be another few decades before we really, really uh, the, 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 the negative effects of climate change affect everyone on a global scale, like in a recognizable way. Um, And, and there to your argument, it already is, but because it again, doesn't affect our daily life in a negative way. And it, and I think, I think people will start paying attention as the prices of things continue to go up and up and up. And people, why are things so expensive? Right. And cl- climate change will be the, the direct and non-direct answer. But of course, what do we do here? We politicize it. You know, yeah. we put stickers on our gas pumps and say, you know, Joe Biden did this. Joe Biden did this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and stuff just- like that. I mean, and, and I do think, so when you talk about church, when you talk about Earth Day, right, and us trying to find a celebration, a way to celebrate this in, in the church, one of the things that's hard is one, <laughs> my favorite thing on Earth on Earth Sunday, which if you're doing it near Earth Day, Earth Day and Sunday actually coincide this year. Um, and if you're doing it on Sunday, often people will be like, here's a flyer for tips on how you can better whatever. And I'm like, so you just wasted a hundred sheets of paper and all this ink (laughs) to give us tips on ways to, you know, so there's that part of it too, but we don't, we're so removed. This is what my husband will tell you, right? We're so removed from our food sources. We're so removed from our land. We're so removed from Genesis one and two on how creation came about. And that what was good about creation coming about was the fact that we lived in harmony in a right relationship where humans, the creation being earth and all that was in it and God were in right relationship. So 
we're so far removed from this idea of being in right relationship with our land and our animals and our whatever that we just, we don't even know how to talk about it anymore. So we talk about changing the light bulbs and we talk about solar panels. If, and if you're having a good day, you're going to talk about tearing up your lawn and putting in some garden stuff for a community, you know, shelter which are, or which are all good things. Good and, things. And that's just the beginning. <laughs> But like, we don't know how to, we, we've, we're we so far removed that we remove that macro level, yeah. right? Yeah, like, yeah. And so I think it does have to be part of our, our, our theological framework and our preaching and our liturgy and, um, and our activism. And yeah, it can begin, you know, with what's at hand and closest. So our own property, our own buildings and, and our own practices, but then it has to also bleed into advocating for legislation and policy changes that go above and beyond what one particular, uh, you know, community can do. Yeah. 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 But there's definitely, I mean, we're, we're not, uh, I mean, I think churches are becoming more conscious and active, at least a number of mainline churches, but churches as a whole that we haven't scratched the surface on this. Well, and let me just throw out a couple of other like random things, but be willing to spend a little more on your cups and your silverware and your plates. If you have whatever, get compostable ones, you know, move to a direction, you know, whatever, like there, there are ways to do this. Like let a beekeeper keep bees on the back of your property where nobody else is, you know, plant fruit trees on that lawn that nobody uses and whatever. Like there are ways to there are tiny incremental changes that you can do that will benefit this forever. For sure. And 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 when we talk about the barriers, um, and then we can move on, but but that's that's a big one right there. The immediate expense for the long-term gain. Mm. A lot of churches right. are 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 basically, you know, living month to month and nickel and diamond right. it and are like, yep. why should we spend more on on compostable silverware? when we can go get like the cheap plastic chinette and save a bunch of money. Ooh. Right. Yeah. So, and, and you have to ask yourself about cost and faith, right? Mm. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where, you know, education and a deep commitment to these as faith values that have to, right. you know, become part of the church's DNA. And I'll just one last half the time at our coffee hours, we could just use a napkin and not use a plate for mm. that little tiny brownie that you're picking up, you know. There is, there is, there is that. And you don't about, need a fork for that. And and how about buying, to your point, uh, those napkins that are made from, you know, recycled paper. Right. Uh, yeah. Then, but, you then you're, you're cutting your expenses way back there, you know, just throwing <laughs> that out there. There you go. All right, so I'm going to jump ahead a question and then we'll come uh -huh. back um, because I think okay. this resurrection question kind of ties in. Um, so we're just a day after Easter here, Easter Monday, and uh, Father Richard Rohr writes that to believe that Jesus was raised from the dead is not really a leap of faith. Resurrection and renewal are in fact the universal and observable patterns of everything. We might just as well use non-religious terms like springtime, regeneration, healing, forgiveness, life cycles, darkness, and light. The risen Christ is not a one-time miracle but the revelation of a universal pattern that is hard to see in the short run. So do you, do both, either of you resonate with that 
like that, agree with that, or do you push back and say what really happened that first Easter morning was more of an anomaly, (laughs) more of an unusual thing to the normal pattern of things, or was it an example of what's embedded in the very pattern of creation? Um, I'm going to take a both-hand approach here. Um, Yes, springtime, regeneration, healing, forgiveness cycles. Yes, all of those um, are universal and observable patterns you know we see we see as we get into winter trees fell their leaves they seem to go into a state of death and then springtime you know flowers pop up leaves are back you know there's there's this cycle of regeneration i'm with you on that uh believing that a human being who was literally killed in the most horrific way and let's assume objectively dead and not just in some deep coma, but objectively <laughs> medically dead. I mean, three whole days or 36 comes back, hours. Yeah, 36, 36 hours, right? 36 tops. hours tops. Uh, come, coming back alive. I think that's going to really take a leap of faith to believe that that literally happened. So, yeah, I don't I don't know that I'm going to. But what if what, what happened there was like what happens at sort of the, the macro level, but it was sort of honed in and sped up at the micro level in that instant? I don't know what you just said, but I do not believe Jesus was physically resurrected. I'm just going to say it out loud. Okay. okay. <laughs> so like you talked about, we talked about regeneration and winter and things seemingly seeming dead, but then spring and new life and buds like what if all that was just condensed into 36 hours for jesus yeah no so, so, <laughs> it's still no still a hard so, no so, so hard no. <laughs> because 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 you know to use that plant metaphor again the plants don't actually literally die all the way right that's yes like that <laughs> right. so yeah, yeah, yeah. so They're whether not or not you, at the roots right exactly. whether or not you believe this happens or not right like whether right. or not you believe in the bodily resurrection resurrection is different now we all use these things as metaphors to talk about resurrection yes like i mean i did this whole thing about seeds and blah 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 and whatever yeah. yesterday yeah, for sure but you know that's the point they're not actually dead no, no. they're never like if it were yeah. i mean i i guess the the closest i could come is is a dried seed dead right and then it gets planted in the ground and blah, blah, blah. And that was like, I did this whole thing about seeds yesterday, which, you know, um, but, but maybe a seed is dead. Right. But some, some are, some are not. Right. And that's the weird thing. But, but other than that, like, these are all ways of describing yeah. as close as we can imagine to resurrection, but Last- I don't think it's fair to actually call that resurrection. And I don't think that's fair to, the metaphor that it's trying to maybe metaphor isn't the right word i don't think Not, that's fair to what faith is trying to describe so, are you dis- so you're disagreeing with richard Roy. i'm gonna disagree i'm saying i'm saying i use all of those metaphors to describe resurrection on easter morning but you don't conflate them as the same identical yeah. thing no i think it's i think i use them as a way of coming close to understanding yeah. Yeah. With the recognition that there's no way to understand this. Yes. I was house sitting last week and I was asked to keep some plants alive. I failed. Those plants are not being resurrected. <laughs> They're go- And I told them before they left, listen, I'll keep your turtle alive. I'll keep your dogs alive. Don't ask me to keep the plants alive. I just, that's, I, 
there isn't a plant that I have kept alive in my there's, entire life. There's an app for that. Um, but they're really <laughs> so, so they several. keep telling me. <laughs> no, I'm gonna I I really am gonna disagree. <sighs> like so it's not that I believe that. So the last sentence is where I can get as close as I can come. Like, right, the risen Christ is not a one-time miracle, but a revelation of a universal pattern that is hard to see in the short run. I like this is where I this fits in with my understanding of an overarching theology of God that runs through all things, right? Mm -hmm. That this this idea of death to life is something that only God can do. If I compare it to springtime and regeneration and healing and forgiveness and life cycles, those are things that creation can do. That's built into the fabric of creation. But resurrection is something only God can do. Mm. I think I, that's where I differ. And I and I think this sort of this is probably one of them theological things that 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 stand in our way when we're addressing climate change, right? This idea of death is not permanent. Right. right. You know, right. so so there's not there's not that sense of urgency. Right. Uh, because we have yes. this whole like Christianity is built on this narrative around the impermanence of death. Granted, it was, you know, if you believe it happened, it was one person and it's never been repeated. Uh, so like. But a preview it, of coming attractions. I mean, there was Lazarus and then there was Dorcas and then there was, you know, anyway. all the people that came out of their graves in Matthew. And then oh. there were, um, you know, what's Jairus's daughter, and so. But no. those weren't true resurrections, right? Like that was like the same body, but back to life. Like Lazarus was still going to die again. Like he exactly. came back to exactly. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. his resurrection exactly. or his resuscitation was not the identical with Jesus' resurrection. Well, I guess that's the question: is that resurrection or is that? That was like a know. temporary stay of execution. But but <laughs> no, but Jesus was resurrected, but he had not yet ascended. So the ascension right. is what makes life eternal. I, I'm just like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know that any of this really happened. I'm just like saying, like, okay, so so wait, know, if Jesus Lazarus all right, all right. was resurrected. Here's a fun question. If Jesus hadn't ascended, would he still be around now? That no, the argument, at least from yeah. what I understand of scripture, is that if Jesus had stayed on earth, he would have died just as he was born, he would have lived a normal life cycle and would have died. Like, would he have though? Well, I don't know. No, he'd be, he'd be like, John, that. according to John, he got this body until he ascended, right? But, but, but after he, after the resurrection, he, he, he did some, he did some pretty amazing things that. I think he didn't necessarily do before, right? Well, just because he didn't do them didn't mean he hadn't <laughs> unlocked the special level no. of he the got game. The, he got the cheat code when he went down to hell. <laughs> he can walk through walls now. You know, you don't but, know he couldn't do that before. You don't know. You were there. Know. You don't know. <laughs> this is true. This is true. But he was eating but, still, right? Yeah, he was still eating. I don't know. That's I think I, he was. I think he was just trying not to be rude with that I whole eating totally thing. Totally <laughs> wrong. It's just that's what I've always understood. Like that moment where Mary like grabs onto him and he's like, "Don't hold on to me. I haven't yet ascended to the Father. Like I'm still fragile. Like I'm still here. I'm still." I read. I read that as I don't know when it's going to happen, so don't hold on to me because I don't want to exactly like you know well, pull you up and then it doesn't work out for you. And then there's right. this whole fifty days thing, right? No fifty days later, he's a, he ascended, and we have like two stories. I'm like, what were you doing, man? I, I, yes, 
We like, need more. We get we get a, a a little barbecue on the beach, right. a little grilling grilling out, and then so we get a story of a cookout, and then we get a hey Peter, feed my sheep. We're all good, man. Take care of my peoples. Yeah, like Peace that's out. what we get. Peace out. And then he's like blessings, you know, rocket ship in the sky. Yeah, and then he pulls a Elon Musk, and he's just there. <laughs> He does think he's so, Jesus, doesn't so. he? <laughs> he really thinks he's Jesus. I mean, Jesus would also try to buy Twitter. <laughs> oh my God. I like, I did not, you know, I've been in my sanity mode on social media and I was like, I still couldn't avoid that thing. It found me. But I'm, I'm with Ogan. I think if, if Jesus hadn't ascended, he'd still be like, He'd probably be working at a gas station in Tel Aviv. You know, I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like he'd still be Roman. This is so well, interesting. I have like well, everything me, let, in me is like, no, let me, let me be, <laughs> let me be clear. That's not what no I'm saying. I was, from. I was, I was positing the question. I don't believe he was resurrected in the first place. Well, I'm <laughs> so. sticking within the, the, I'm sticking within the traditional narrative. No, no, I, I understand. I just want to make my position clear. But Peter's <laughs> mother-in-law was dead, dead, dead. She was dead. No, she was sick with the flu. <laughs> She oh had a fever. God. She was laying. She was not dead. Okay. Can we, can we, can, can we? Okay. Lazarus was dead. They was buried. He was in the place. He was dead. He smelled. He was dead. All I'll right. give you that. I'll give you that. Do How they about... use resurrection in Luke? But they that? don't. He was not resurrected. They don't use the word. And I would, if I was Lazarus, I'd be pissed. I would be. Oh my God. Pissed. I would be like, dude, I was sleeping. He's like, I got to <laughs> die again. <laughs> exactly. Can you imagine? I'll be happy. <laughs> I would not be happy. See, that was all. an early Westworld preview. But but like, but but let's be clear: we have we have examples of this. Of people who have near death experiences, right? And they're yes. brought back, and they're never the same again. True, right? They they True. they touch they touch the light, and they're like, I don't. Wh- why am I here in in this hellscape of Earth again? So, I how many of them then go on and have an ascension? Uh that good good question. None. I think. <laughs> They Just might like have Lazarus some picnics. didn't have an ascension because they, they have some picnics and barbecues because they're like, yeah, this life is not worth it. Okay, so 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 then the question does becomes then, and and I and I posited this in my talk on Sunday. Um, is it is it okay for us to consider ourselves still part of the Christian fold or even Christian adjacent fold mm. and not believe that this literally happened in the bodily resurrection, right? In the bodily resurrection. So this has always been the argument. Like I could get, I could totally get stripped of my ordination for not believing that. Wow. I could. Then you I don't, don't have to I, say it here. We'll save it for the I post wouldn't. show. I don't <laughs> no, think no, no. I would. I have publicly, but like I wouldn't. Nobody would like. <sighs> nobody Bring would like it. convict me. But technically, right. like but on technically, the books. Yes, right. technically, yes, technically. Yeah, technically on the book. Is that in the Apostles' Creed? The bodily, I believe in the, the bodily, bodily resurrection. Right? Of the yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have to inform to all the confessions and their tenets and blah blah blah, mm-hmm. which like most of which are not, you know. Like, the larger we the love the Pope, catechism. we hate the Pope. Like they're all, it's all right. over the place, you know. Um, but you Depends know, and again, <laughs> I can I can make an argument. I can make an argument about believing this. It's mm-hmm. just at the end of the day, I'm like, uh, listen. At the end of the day, it's like it's like believing or not believing. How does it inform how you live now? 
Well, yes. and that's, that's ultimately and that's what it comes point, down to. Right. <laughs> and that's the argument I can make at the end of the day. Right? right. It's the same thing with like the virgin birth and the way like that I would not get kicked out. But, you know, right. it's like that whole like I can make an argument here that this is how it impacts my faith. And that is way more of a faithful statement saying this is exactly how it happened and blah, 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 for blah, sure. Blah. And I think people want a faith leader who can be honest rather than, yes, you must believe this literal, you know, unbelievable yeah, you, thing. No, from- you say so, that I got in, I got in trouble for that. Oh yeah. No, no, no. no. Like <laughs> people-, people do not want their ministers to be that honest. Listen, <laughs> Twitter, speaking of like Twitter controversies, <laughs> Twitter went crazy a couple of years ago when our, our friend, my friend and our friend um, and friend of the show, Carol Howard Merritt, like went on Twitter and was like, yes. it's always amazing to me that churches can be like super LGBTQ inclusive, but they are like, you have to believe in the bodily resurrection of the dead, blah, 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 blah. Cause a lot of queer theologians were like, were um, talking about the, a, a body Right. And Mm -hmm. and how like this body that we're given on Earth and this trans um, transfiguration is sometimes that story is sometimes used as um, a metaphor for people that are transitioning in gender or feel that they're on a, you know, like this, this focus on the body is very important in queer theology. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to reclaim and and understand it in all these ways. And so, you know, it's interesting. She just said that simple and she was just thinking a thought like I'm thinking yep. I'm just I'm reading this stuff and I'm going it's really interesting to me that all these churches are so queer affirming but they're like you yeah. have to believe in this literal body resurrection and she's like that seems like intention to me and people went freaking nuts by the yeah. way every time somebody it goes freaking nuts like that um and I didn't understand this until I had a friend who was deep into this but like um female pastors when that happens to them, they literally get calls at their churches threatening their life, threatening to be yeah. raped, threatening to rape their children. Mm-hmm. Like, what is wrong with you people? But anyway, um, but but that's the point, right? So if we long, say long that out misogyny. Loud, but if we say like that's the line, really? Right. That's right, the right, line. Right. right. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? Well, for some people, for some people, it is. Some people, it really is. Right. For that's that's people, the that's you're, last. That's the last. You are literally end. not a Christian. You are right. not a Christian if you do not believe in this. It's, it's, to me, it just feels right. way more honest to say I don't know exactly what happened, um, but but what you know, but what the hope of the resurrection means to me is X for our lives today. You know, but I, you know, to ask me at gunpoint what. It, actually happened like i can't answer that question i don't know i've i've had i've had congregants and I, i'm thinking of woman one woman in particular who said i need my minister to believe mm-hmm. that the resurrection happened and then she said and since you just declare that you didn't um i'm gonna stop giving I'm going to stop right. tithing. I'll still come to church because I kind of agree with like, you know, 90% of everything else you say, but I'm not going to give any more. And my response yeah, I, was, then how about just tithing 90% of what you usually did before? Why you got to take it all away? Like, I go. still need to eat. <laughs> there you go. I was reading somebody who said, you know, sometimes folks need their clergy people to believe on their behalf. Yeah. And when there are cracks in their clergy person's faith or when they show doubts, then it exposes all of the doubts that they actually hold, but are afraid to face. And isn't that the fucking point though, yes. right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yes. well, so what kind of faith that, is that? Well, what kind of faith is that? And isn't that like, 
you are setting me up to fail. Like 1000%. Like I am not Jesus. You are setting me up to fail. You are putting me on a pedestal. I did not ask to be on. And when I do not meet your expectations, I'm going to fall and I'm going to fall hard and break my vertebrae and it's going to be bad. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Well done. Well done. By the way, I just did a quick search because i have a bible on kindle i just did a quick search for resurrect and resurrection oh yeah and there is a difference Uh, so in a lot of the old testament or hebrew bible it talks about resurrection of the dead so there's Mm. the day of the resurrection of the dead Mm. and then there's the resurrection of jesus so like it's talked about in two different terms so the resurrection of the dead hasn't happened yet right like even if you so even if you believe all of Christian scripture and in the bodily resurrection of Jesus, the resurrection of the dead has not yet happened. Correct. And this is where we conflate Greek understanding of spirit and body with, you know, with this whole, like he's with Jesus now. Right. Like, no, no, no. Actually scripture still says we're dead, dead, dead. We're just dead. We're just dead. And until the day of resurrection, you're dead. we, We are dead. And so that hasn't happened yet. So yeah, that's a great point that even within sort of like what you might call classic sort of um, Christian theology uh, of the soul and of resurrection, all of that, you're right. Like, it's not like we, we just had this idea that we disembodiedly go to heaven immediately and then we're happily ever after and so forth. But a true resurrection, a true theology of the resurrection, by the way, (laughs) what's that? But I'm not opposed to that theory, by the way. Well, I am. No. It's not going to happen. No, no I don't on. mean, I mean, I mean, I mean the idea that like, like I've been in the room when somebody died, right? Like there right. is a spiritual moment that yeah. happens. Sure. So I totally Agreed. understand the impulse to say there is a body and there is a spirit. Mm-hmm. And like that to be disembodied in the moment of death makes sense to me. Well, there. There, I forget where I read this, but they've actually been measurements taken, right? Where yes. where a dying person at the moment of death, there is like a few ounces of difference. How much does their, the soul weigh? The way, how much does the soul weigh? So there's that whole theory ounces. running around. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like, maybe. Is it equal to your birth weight? <laughs> and can it fit on the head of a pin? Uh, you oh, know. It can dance. So we're really <laughs> living in Horton Here's a Who is what I'm hearing. <laughs> exactly exactly but again to tie this back into the whole like climate change thing how are you living now that's all that sort of really matters right are you going to be are you going to take on the responsibility that's been outlined in genesis uh with adam we're the stewards of the garden this is our responsibility we have to take care of the earth god God outsourced it to us. So if there's why, no resurrection of the earth, that's there is, for. or us, we got to take care of it all. Be careful. Do you okay? Maybe this is a better question, and maybe this is a whole nother show that we need to do some other day. But like, is resurrect? Did was that was the resurrection story a distraction to the rest of Christianity? Right? Like, oh. was this supposed to be? totally something else and we've put all of this emphasis on we put all our eggs in that basket in that uh, basket i'm with brian on that one that's uh, good <laughs> come on I'm but with, that's a I'm great with, question though shannon i'm with i'm with brian so my my running theory my running theory is yeah it was a it was a a 
convoluted story to make sense of his death because he wasn't supposed to die. Right. So, he's he's leading he's leading this whether whether people fully understood it or not. The it seemed like the prevailing belief was that he's leading this in in real time revolution right. that is going to free them from Roman oppression. Well, and no, that didn't happen because all of a sudden no. he's on a cross. So so we got to make we got to wrap yeah, our heads but, and make sense around this. But there's an argument to be made that this is necessary for Jesus to be the Messiah. Right. Like sure. the Messiah is going to bring the day of resurrection. This is necessary for these. Purposes. But I think all of that is 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 pulled together after the fact of his death in order to give the death context. Of course, sure. But what no Shannon one was talking is, about this before. But Shannon, what Shannon is saying is it's not convoluted. It's within the tradition. Well, I say, con, well, convoluted is the wrong word. I, I'm, I'm, I'm projected onto. Right. So. So Fair. I don't like who's talking about this before he's nailed to the cross. Jesus, didn't you remember Jesus what is. he said to you in Galilee? Okay, let's be clear. All Jesus those words is. that were put in his mouth. Come but, on. No, no, no. But like, okay, come on. But, Jesus, but Jesus is talking about this. He's talking about resurrection, but he's talking about it so that you will continue the work. Right. So that you will keep. And isn't that the point? And don't we get distracted by the shiny object of resurrection? Yes. When like we really need to be focusing on this other part. So one of the resurrection stories that I love the most is John 21, which I know was written later and blah, blah, blah. But what more beautiful story is there to talk about what if if, if you want to go back to this richer Rourke quote for a minute, like what forgiveness and mercy look like. So John 21, quick, right? Jesus, Jesus in John 20, resurrected from the dead. Mary finds him in the garden, blah, blah, blah. Later in John 20, he goes to the upper room. He breathes all over him, which in the days of COVID, like, dude. Um, and then- Dude, wear like, a mask. Yeah, <laughs> come on, man. And then in 21, they go and he goes to Peter and gives like Peter tries to like oh my god I'm so and he, Jesus is like none of that like do you love me and if you love me this is what that looks like yep. and if there isn't a better text for us to take yep. and say this is the point of how we're supposed to do this right if you love me don't show up on Sunday morning with your flower crosses and your lilies all over the place and your great trumpeter which like Yes, I got overly emotional and all of the good things, but that's not the point. The right. point is what happens the next day when he goes, so if you love me, go and feed my sheep. And if you love me, yeah. go and live a good life and tell my story and be merciful and kind. So yeah. that's where I can come back to this Richard Bohr quote and say, and that I agree with. But I, I can't equate it to resurrection. One, one doesn't need to literally believe in the resurrection to live the resurrection. And that's what every For parishioner sure. that needs their pastor to believe in a literal re resurrection needs to ask about yep. themselves. Because I know plenty of pastors that believe in a literal resurrection and do not live a good life. Yep. I mean, a good life is in like a life worthy of God. Yeah. Yep. To my standards, of course. Well. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. I don't know. That was a long way of that quote, but I mean, I love Richard Rohr, but great people put out quotes and we're supposed to argue about them. Right. That's what, yeah, that's we don't, we don't, we're not, we're not compelled to agree with everything. Everybody says all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, as much as I we mean, admire them. 
we so in in pure honesty here we we always have like a, a section uh, called words of integration and guidance which is like a paragraph or two from a current writer in it before we read the old testament and the gospel readings and this was in our bulletin this week but like the more i chew on it the more i'm it's like i i like it but I, but it's like it's he's Wait. trying to be too cute or too i don't know did, did did you put it in the bulletin yeah oh i chose it yeah okay because <laughs> you was all like it was in the bulletin like you're distancing yourself like it was from randomly it. there so, so it's just like it, it appeared so you so it, it, it appeared after i put it there <laughs> so it's so funny. what was your so 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 <laughs> so can i admit something can i because i think this is interesting so i want to admit that like as much as i come on like i talk about it openly on this show of like you know i this i don't know that not that i don't know like i don't believe in the bodily resurrection like i think these are stories and i think they're beautiful stories that have a lot of tradition and history and blah 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 but i've also just kind of made my peace with it this is the story and it's what it is mm -hmm. and let's find some beauty in it and yeah. and yeah. and i let all of that like i'm not convicted in that right like i don't double down with people when they're like no it actually i mean certain people i'm like y'all are crazy but I'm you're crazy for other reasons, not that one. But if like parishioners come to me and they're like, I need this, I'm like, great. Yeah. Like I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know. And yeah. and that's and that's where that's where we all should be, not to not to weaponize it as a point of as as a point of inclusion or or exclusion. I mean, that's what I say every Easter. You want to believe that this literally happened go for it. I mean, it sets up a whole lot of other issues, but if you, if that's that important to you, I ain't going to stop you from believing it. Again, it what all I, comes back to how is it informing how you live now in terms of acceptance of compassion yeah. and all that sort of stuff. What I do believe because in my own experience is that grief brings on all kinds of funny things. Mm -hmm. And this, especially for the women who stayed the whole time, right? Who were there at the crucifixion, who were there in the morning. Like yeah. I, this had to be the most traumatic. I mean, I can't, I mean, I have seen a lot of gruesome things even on TV, but like, I can't imagine witnessing firsthand what these women witnessed. Yeah. And so grief makes you do funny things and grief makes you see funny things. And if you need somehow to make sense of that, and that's how we got these beautiful stories is you just working that out. I'm also okay with that. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, isn't that part of our understanding and beauty? And isn't it, isn't it quite somebody share God's call. God, Sorry, God's man. not happy with this discussion. <laughs> like, God's waiting. I, I just want the prize. <laughs> oh I got it. God. You <laughs> Isn't it? I mean, isn't it just quite possible they showed up at the wrong tomb? you know, and then built a whole story around that. Mm, I mean, no, I disagree with that one. I, I mean, anything possible. I said, in it, in it possible that they just showed up at the wrong tomb and built a whole story <laughs> around it. Oh. Why, why is that I mean, so Joseph, Joseph took him to the tomb. So like maybe, maybe he was a man. He probably gave bad directions. That, that's it. all I'm saying. It was Larry <laughs> who was just cleaning out the tomb for his uncle that's, who was about to die. That's now. all I'm saying. Oh my that's God. All I'm saying. We're all we going to hell if there was one. <laughs> If there isn't, so I'm not worried. <laughs> I sleep no, that at night. <laughs> hell is a, hell is a place on earth. It's fine. <laughs> uh, 
It's a hell, place hell, of a dark hell, black soul. Hell is what we will experience if we don't turn the climate change around. I it will, will be literal hell. There it really go. is other people. I'm convinced of it. Yeah, John Paul Sartre. I will say, in fairness to Richard Rohr, this was like there were two other paragraphs, so it's a longer piece. And you know, when you have something like this in a worship setting, it's more just sort of meant to make you step back and, you know, I don't know. It's part of the worship experience. It's not in the, we're not in this sort of like hypercritical analyze every nuance of the whatever. Listen, I I I ain't mad. I'm not mad at the quote. <laughs> I ain't mad. <laughs> I ain't, mad, I, ain't bro. Mad, I ain't mad at the quote because because it does. That's it, what Jesus said. I ain't mad. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm out. I got nothing after that. <laughs> I, got, I got nothing after that. You win. <laughs> you win. Easy there, Brian. Gonna have, Brian's going to have beer coming out his nose. Wow, I almost, <laughs> almost hit the screen there. Uh, I we gotta have a meme like that you know where, where they're like offering him something on a sponge i meant i meant oh sour wine you know yeah well i think that's our last word so we're good i think we're good i think we, we wrap it up nice and done Thank you, friends, for tuning in to Pub Theology Live. You can show your love for the show by becoming a supporter on Patreon. Get access to pre and post show banter and more. Visit patreon.com slash Live to get started. And a big thank you to our current patrons. Listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Our top cities this week are Houston, Texas, Sydney, Australia, and Dayton, Ohio. There is a gap in their big <laughs> Watch us live someday of the week. We don't know when. Today we're on Monday. I think next week we'll be back on Tuesday around 1 p.m. Eastern. Find or create a pub theology in your town. Learn more at pubtheology.com. And until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. I think that was the episode title. Yeah, I, I, I think it was. I think it was. And the snow continues to fall outside my shed. And I am kind of mad. He said shed. I thought he said shit. And the (laughs) snow is continuing to fall outside my shed. (laughs) I, I, I heard, I heard shed.